This week's episode is brought to you by the Talkbuster podcast. Every episode, Chris Chipman and a guest reminisce of their time working for Blockbuster. Now, even if you've never worked for a Blockbuster, I guarantee you'll find the stories both hilarious and relatable. One of my personal favorite stories was when he had a guest retelling his time of working at a porn shop the day before Christmas when they were just packed to the gills. So listen to the Talkbuster podcast on all your favorite platforms today. And welcome to Geeks with Shields, your home for all things good and nerdy in this The Darkest Timeline. I'm Lord Commander Ulrich, and with me as always is... His newly appointed S.H.I.E.L.D. brother, Chris Chipman. Now, you may be wondering, where's Axel? Why isn't Axel on this one? Is Axel okay? Did I see you putting Axel in the back of a car? The answer to all those questions and more is maybe. We've got Chris here because... Well, we'll get to why we have Chris here. But first, we're going to talk about our patrons, the people that make it possible to do this show and, you know, pay off the right people to put Axel in the back of a car. They are Pam Galley, Marky, Chris Chipman, River Galley, Crush, Arthur Crane, and Kevin Vey. Now, if you'd like to become a patron, just head on over to patreon.com forward slash geeks with you. For only 25 cents an episode, you make sure we can produce content week to week and bring in special guests such as Chris. So, uh, Chris, what are we talking about today? We're talking about G.I. Joe, good sir. G.I. Joe and the fact that it's an untapped, brilliant, amazing money-making machine that just did well by everyone for so long, and Hollywood can't seem to figure out how to make a damn movie about it. Yeah, and I brought you on specifically because you're the generation that G.I. Joe was coming out, and I'm the generation that G.I. Joe was this weird leftover remnant that got handed down to me from older siblings that I had no idea what it was, but it seemed incredible. And as I got older and I found out what it was and I heard they were making it, like, this feels like a slam dunk. It's like Transformers but with more guns. And then the movies came out and it was, what the hell is this mess? Yeah, so I will say that the I haven't seen the second film, but I know all about it and it sounds even worse than the first one. But what the first it's one better got, in some part. What the first one got right um, is the feel of G.I. Joe. And and what I mean by this is G.I. Joe, if you're gonna make a movie out of G.I. Joe or a show out of G.I. Joe, it needs to not have any rhyme or reason as to why things exist. G.I. Joe is meant to be for children who are playing with toys. So the idea is it's an amalgam of real world military stuff, which it started as like a full on just here's dolls of real world military people in like the 50s and 60s and 70s into let's take that and mash it with what other other toys you have lying around. So it it feels like it's being created by a guy watching his kid play with toys and going, oh, right. He wanted to put the laser cannon in the military guy's hands and the military guy is going to fight, you know, the guy with an octopus for a face. OK, let, let's do that, you know, and. So they were able to turn this into a show that could basically allow for anything to happen. It was real world military versus sci-fi type villains and mysticism and all this strange stuff going on. And it made for a hell of a show. So this movie, when it got G.I. Joe right, is when the movie stopped trying to have a plot and just went, hey, look, why do the G.I. Joes all of a sudden have an entire fleet of submarines? Because that's awesome. There's no other explanation for it. And when the movie went wrong is when they tried to make any of it make any sense because it just became this convoluted, um, reminded me a lot of the latter Mummy movies, which surprise, surprise, it was directed by the same guy. 
Um, and, uh, oh, it, they just, it, it just didn't feel right. It didn't feel like GI Joe anymore. So it was a little bit too hard to understand and follow with a little too little action for a kid to like, but then it was a little too childish and silly for anyone that grew up with the original GI Joe to like, because it wasn't childish and silly in the same way. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes perfect sense. Cause I still remember I saw the first GI Joe in theaters with Axel and I remember walking out going, what the hell was that? I remember the only scene I liked was the underwater siege with the submarines because that is peak GI Joe. Why would you build an underwater base with all this crazy insanity? And the answer is, because it looks cool. Here's what people need to understand about G.I. Joe. When they first decided to relaunch G.I. Joe, they handed it to a uh, comic guy at Marvel and said, make us a story. And he wrote it like the Avengers. And that is what G.I. Joe should be. It should be the Avengers, but for gun nuts. You're, you hit it right on the head. It's, yeah, it's it's slight right wing bent Avengers. <laughs> and the, the big thing that they missed and to me, what is iconic and most memorable at G.I. Joe is the insane playsets and vehicles that that line produced. Is it is instantly recognizable as that's a tank, but a tank that a child would just, you know, design. Like, well, it has tracks and 30 guns and it flies. Why? Because it does. Yeah, exactly. And it can fly. It also can go underwater and it also transforms. This is, it's such a gimme, and I don't know how they failed twice. And they, the second one is better, but it's they, not a lot. They failed by trying to realify it. It's, it's, yes. you know, we, we, you, we, we've talked about Godzilla before, but it's, it's the same idea. The, the Godzilla King of the Monsters film feels like a Godzilla film because it moves with that logic of big monsters do cool stuff, humans are affected but we want to give you big monsters doing cool stuff in the government, you know, having bombs and things that you wouldn't expect them to have without explanation. Um, the first one tried to make it be a little bit more of a real movie and GI Joe can't exist in normal narrative format. It has to, th- this is why a lot of things that were designed to be half hour toy commercials don't work as films, even though it seems like a gimme because the narrative of the show was never about an ongoing story, even if they had one. It was about getting as much cool shit on screen in 25 minutes as they possibly can. So learn how to extend that for two hours or an hour and a half, even if you have to make it be three stories. Just do that. You know, why not? And I mean, G.I. Joe, I mean, the hardest part about G.I. Joe, if you're doing a movie, is explaining why G.I. Joe exists. And... I don't know, do it tongue-in-cheek and just lean full and going, well, you know, the president thought that the military budget needed more professional wrestlers and ninjas, so... I mean, for Christ's sakes, make the next Fast and the Furious script, whatever they've written, just take take all those characters, fire them, and write them as G.I. Joe characters. That's more of a G.I. Joe film than any of the G.I. Joe movies have been, because it's guys with no explanation of why they're good at what they're doing, and why they should be able to do this. And the government goes, you're the only ones. Get your asses in there. Well, they never even bothered explaining S.H.I.E.L.D. in Avengers. They're just like, yeah, we are a multinational, mega, quasi-intelligent task force with all the money. Just take that and make it G.I. Joe. The only tricky part is writing Cobra, because terrorist is not the same now as it was then. So no. you might have to tweak Cobra to be less real-world problem. 
But I feel like guy that wants to take over the world is always interesting, which that's way more of what Cobra was than a terrorist organization. Yeah, it yeah they world were, they domination. Were, it was always world domination, yes. Co- Cobra was less interested in killing large portions of people as they were controlling large portions of people. They're Hydra. The, the yeah. bones are there. This is just, you know, if they made a whole movie about S.H.I.E.L.D. with bigger, crazier stuff. That's I mean, the other thing. Captain America, the first Avenger, is a great G.I. Joe film. Oh, man. Yeah, it is. I Even the Hydra goons with their, you know, flame cannon arms. That doesn't make any sense, but that would be a, that would be a Cobra dude. It's a great G.I. Joe film. Because G.I. Joe isn't Metal Gear. That's the thing. And I think yeah. that's the thing people forget. You could make a cool G.I. Joe story following, like, one character and do it like Metal Gear. But Metal Gear is is real-world-ish sci-fi military. G.I. Joe's more embedded in, like, the rough-and-tumble, like, grunt side of the military. Whereas Metal Gear is like James Bond. It's all about the gear and the gadgets. And G.I. Joe is about like big bombastic firepower and like odd sci-fi, you know, stuff rather than one-on-one weird storylines. Well, yeah, because there's still going to be the Snake Eyes movie reportedly like that apparently has finished filming and is set to, you know, debut at some point. And that kind of fits. That that could be cool. And I mean, I'm curious how you make a silent protagonist – your main character i think it's going to be if they do it right it's going to be good if he just go they ditch that it'll be sad because you're missing an opportunity yeah maybe maybe that's maybe that's your back door you just have him and it ends with him getting inducted into gi joe and it's just this huge hangar full of all the crazy stuff and you have a couple of the key you know characters maybe you throw in a sergeant slaughter cameo to really you know sink it in yeah and you know i'm thinking about it right now what we while we talk a good G.I. Joe film would be like Pacific Rim. Yeah. The G.I. Joe films they made were like Pacific Rim 2. Yep. You've got the same stuff at your disposal. You're just not getting what makes it cool and what's an interesting story to tell. Because G.I. Joe, if you were to describe G.I. Joe to someone, they go, okay, it's the military, but they're Power Rangers. And I would go, no, not really, even though that would be a lot of fun. It's it's different than that, even though it's trying to sell the same type of stuff. And I know that there were rumblings for a while that Hasbro wanted to do like a G.I. Joe versus Transformers versus Mask versus everything movie. And they had a comic. And I think that's a bit too ambitious. You can get there because you can totally cross over Transformers and G.I. Joe and then maybe Mask. I'm curious if we're going to see that Mask yeah. movie because a Mask movie is the same kind of, you know, like, okay, all the pieces are there. How are you going to mess this up? Yeah. Yeah, because the idea of a more private, more privatized G.I. Joe is a cool idea, right? Yeah. And, I mean, again, I feel like there is – we're in this swell of 80s nostalgia. It won't go away. So I feel like if they put out a good G.I. Joe movie, they would make billions I think a better way to do a new G.I. Joe movie, and I don't feel this about every property, but I think a better way to be to do a new G.I. Joe movie would be to do an hour and a half pilot for a show and do like a Netflix or Hulu thing, like cartoon. I think um, it's a good They're return on investment. It's a good return on investment, and it automatically points it back to where the nostalgia people want to be, and they've proven it's viable for things like Castlevania and soon to becoming He-Man. Um, 
I'd just be too afraid that they do G.I. Joe by way of Adventure Time style animation. And again, not made for me, so I'm not going to complain. But I, I, G.I. Joe kind of has to have a semblance of realism to it or it doesn't work. Well, the comics are huge. Like I've yeah. seen that the G.I. Joe comics are still going. I've never read one. I kind of want to, but that's another time, another topic. But no, I agree because there was a really good uh, the movie came out in, I believe, 2008, 2009, and it ran one night on the Adult Swim, and it was a G.I. Joe movie that was kind of like the end of the G.I. Joe's, like they've been going for a while, and it was brutal, it was insane, and like it was really good. And one of the parts that's always stuck with me is that the reason that, uh, oh no, I forgot his name, the ninja. You just said Snake Eyes, right? Yeah, Snake Eyes, yeah. The reason he was mute was that he took a sniper bullet to the mouth trying to save his master. Yeah, are you talking about the 80s G.I. Joe movie? No, this was uh, later redone. It was in 2000s, and it was... Oh, shit. How have I never seen this? I don't think anybody did. It aired one night without prompt on Adult Swim, mm-hmm. and it was incredible. It was, you know, ultra-violent. It wasn't ultra-violent, but it was, very, it was very Castlevania-esque in its grounded idea. And that could also work. Because, again, whereas we're seeing with Castlevania, it's insane. And as we're and only going to see He-Man. the Castlevania yes. show is cleaning up. I what what a ballsy whoever decided to invest in that. That's bottled lightning, right? Because yeah. that shouldn't be something that gets viewers. Nope. Truth be told. Nope. But it works. And no, if they want to do it that way, I am 100% behind going and doing GI Joe way of Castlevania way of uh he-man just do that and that do do a transformers in that well they are doing a transformers in that style so i guess what we're saying is that there's no reason that the gi joe movies should have been as bad as they were and same with the transformers movies to be honest it's just i don't i don't understand and gi joe is really simple you just over the top superhero characters but with no powers in giant, ridiculous vehicles, mech suits, what have you. There is a market for it. We put out a lot of good ideas for what Hollywood could do to do G.I. Joe right, and I hope someone listens to this and does it. And I hope the Snake Eyes movie is great. I I really kind of want it to be good because it's a cool concept, it's a cool world, and it deserves more than two bad movies. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, do all the things because that is how podcasts continue to live and thrive. And maybe, just maybe, someone that can actually make a good G.I. Joe movie will see this and go, hey, I'm going to do what these guys said. Here's not only a G.I. Joe movie, but here's a G.I. Joe TV series by way of Castlevania. Exactly. So, yeah, Geeks with Shields, you can find them on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Pocket Cast, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. And anywhere else you want us to be, just sound off in the comments and we'll try to get there for you because we can't do this without you. As always, it's been Lord Commander Ulrich. And his newly appointed S.H.I.E.L.D. brother, Chris Chipman. Be sure to tune in next time and as always, stay honorable.